and welcome back to another episode of Brocephus and Friends. I'm your host, Brocephus, and this week I'm excited to have someone that I have I have never met because when we were uh, it was COVID year, and so uh, we were I never even got to see you in uh, on Zoom because it was it's a crazy year. It was crazy. <laughs> a crazy year, and so. Um, Oh, pandemics. Oh, and so it's good to have John's story. John's good to have you today. Thank you. Appreciate your time and asking me to be with you. Oh, yeah. And good to finally physically meet you. Yes. Yeah. I miss that. <laughs> and uh, and I have told so many people so many good things, and I mean I mean, mean it. When well, I, the check will be back in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I talk about how... Uh, your class was so good because you you not only did classwork, but you also wanted to talk about like I remember you had movie you tried to do movie night. Oh yeah, we still do the bad movie night. Yes, uh, it's so much fun. I have a blast. Yes, with that, so. and so doing that and cre- trying to create a community is right. what I is what a I good, gather. Yeah, absolutely. Learning community, I believe, is. Well, we live in community, yeah. right? We live in our neighborhoods. We have a work community. And a learning community is equal to that. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest aspects about learning is I learn from other people as much as I hope they learn from me. But there seems to be more of a reluctance nowadays for people to ask questions or to say, well, I don't understand this, which I always ask questions because mm. I don't understand a lot of things. Mm. I go, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? Uh, but hopefully, we get back in the habit of that. And sorry for little Lexi. She grabs her noisiest toy to play with. This is what I do when I teach, right? And I'm sitting there online talking. And she comes in, barking with a toy in one hand that she's wrestling with. She's never ran off with the phone. So she shouldn't grab it and go. She does. Yeah. We'll tackle her. Uh. And I, I just, I, I've never even been on this website, but I saw, I just typed in your name on Google and John Story Professor, and I saw, on, I went on Break My Professor, never even, I heard about it, but you have a 97, and so you, not just for me, but you have a bunch of people who, who say that you are really good too. Well, so. they're, they're too kind. It's, I get to meet a lot of amazing people. And I love what I do. I just really do. And it's because of the people I get to meet and become part of their journey. And I'm real biased with psychology because I've gotten a lot out of it. It helps me personally, right? And I've seen it help others personally. So I can get very pumped for that subject matter and say, okay. Yeah. Become a psychology major. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, I'm biased. (laughs) Um, I don't know why... This popped in my brain when I when I was going to have this conversation with you, but uh, I'm just going to tell this, and if you have any insight, but it's it's from All in the Family, is a scene from All in the Family when I forget what episode it was, but I encourage the audience to listen to go watch this episode. But it's uh, Archie and Edith are with this couple, and they they split up, and uh, Archie goes with the the husband and Edith goes with the the wife, and uh, and Archie 
and and the guy are sitting in the barn and they're talking and they're talking about how all they did uh, this couple they did all this good stuff uh, going everywhere you know living up big time and uh, and I think the the husband hit on the waitress and this was all this was shocking to Archie yeah because that was I forgot what year that was that's a while back yeah it was and, not the, the way TV and was he was like is they're they're having this they're they're having this all together they you know what's going on and he said well the husband said well you know we're splitting right he said no no and not knowing Edith and the wife were having the same conversation and they finally get back together and the couple leaves and Edith and Archie um, they they're sitting there and they're saying Boy, they really have had, they sure have had big time. Not knowing that they yeah. both had different conversations. Yeah, they, they've had big time. Archie takes his hand and puts it on Edith's hand, and the camera fades in. Oh, that is so awesome, yeah. And I don't know why, but if you have, speak into that a little bit, if you have some something to say. Yeah, it's, you know, a bond... Couples, I've done actually a lot of couples therapy over the years. Uh, Brandon and I met as friends in undergraduate, Murray State University. And we were best friends for a long time. Then we started dating and we've been married 36 years coming up. Mm. And it's amazing. We've known each other probably 40 something years, but I still discover new things about her and she discovers new things about me I mean how long does it take to get to fully know a person I think it's a lifetime and when you focus on that relationship to maintain that friendship that you turn inwardly towards one another that you express fondness and admiration this is from uh John Gottman, University of Washington, did this study and he argued, oh, well, here are the basic dynamics. That you create a love map, which means you're open to one another and you talk about issues mm -hmm. and you agree to disagree. You realize some things you'll never solve, so you just put them away, and you realize some things you will solve. Those are the things you work on. Don't work on the unsolvable ones. Mm -hmm. Then you give the other person encouragement. You tell them how important they are to you. You turn towards them. Something happens at work and it's distressing, you call. Uh, you're driving home and a flying saucer lands and you see an alien wave, right? <laughs> you call them right away because yeah. that's who you're going to turn to first. And if you do those things, you develop what's called this positive sentiment override. That I know if Brenda and I come home and let's say she's had a bad day, and I say, hey, pass the salt. She goes, get it yourself. I know she loves me, I know I'm her best friend, and that she's just upset about something because my greater awareness is this positive sentiment. If I have a negative sentiment override, I'm assuming she doesn't like me, and I'm assuming she's always ready to criticize me, right? So if I have those things, I get that positive sentiment, then when we have a conflict, we realize it's just because we're two different human beings. and. There will be, you know, Brenda will do things that I think, oh my gosh, that's the most idiotic thing on the planet Earth. What a bonehead. Why did she do it that way? But I know I do tons of things that she goes, oh my gosh, that's the most idiotic thing on Earth. 
Why did he do it that way? He's a total bonehead. He should at least think. And when you recognize that, and you realize it's just differences of how we see things mm -hmm. or go about things, then you repair that. Mm -hmm. And then if you share one another's dreams, right, and encourage one another to pursue that, and then you create your own family rituals. Well, in that show, you know, there was, if I remember right of the episodes, it was, it was so ahead of its time mm -hmm. because they really addressed some of the big issues, you know, racial tension, right, yeah. equity, and he was very outspoken, but he would be outspoken and he would also listen. Mm -hmm. So they had that bond and that connection. Now, if I base my connection with someone else off of things we do outside of who we are. <coughs> sorry, that's, that's my trusty dog. Come here, you little treat if you stop barking. You know, if I wish people would give me treats if I stop barking, oh gosh, just throw a skittle at me and I would go. I'd follow you wherever you go. It would be so awesome. Maybe, maybe we could start doing that. But yeah, if I base my identity on things as a couple, what we do, what we, you know, where we went to vacation, you know, those event cards you get with all these pictures from all the places. Yeah. There's no substance that's there. And then something happens, then I begin to go a different direction. Mm. The other thing is this guy that, his name is Sternberg, and he created this theory in looking at couples. And he said, there's three elements that I know he's still actual from scripture, basically. And that is, you have a deep companionship, intimacy. You have a very strong friendship, and you work on that. Uh, you have a commitment where you say, no matter what, we'll get through it mm -hmm. together. And you have a passion that you keep romance, that you want to see the person, can't wait to see that person. Yeah. So he argued the only place those three things come together is in a long-term relationship. And if you have somebody in a long-term relationship, it's like a garden, and you cultivate those you have an amazing relationship mm. throughout your life. And I've heard it described, it's a good enough relationship. There's no ideal relationship that exists. You know, TV, you know somebody for 30 minutes and all of a sudden you get five kids, you know, yeah. show from nowhere. That's not life. Yeah. You know, sometimes Brenda gets mad at me. Sometimes I get mad at Brenda. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel, when he's our son, yeah, I would get mad at Daniel. I know Daniel would get mad at me. He'd get mad at Brenda. When he got married, uh, I said, now this is your family. Mm -hmm. This is, I don't have these decisions. They're your decisions. Mm -hmm. I wish they weren't living out in California, but that's where they want to live. That's where things are now. And I go, it would be nice if you were closer. Because I hate planes. Uh, right? And I'm not walking there. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's his choice. Yeah. And, I, and it could be no other way. Mm. And I was very fortunate because my mom, you know, she would always go, I wish I had money to give you. I sure wish I could have started you off with things. I said, Mom, you started me off with the most amazing thing, that yes. people are valuable, that God loves me for who I am. I don't earn it. And that value is already there. And you can't put a amount of money on that. Mm -hmm. And she goes, yeah, but I still would like to get you things. 
I know. Well, it's fine. Go get me something, but you can't replace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that, oh, that is so good. Uh, uh, you mentioned, just a side note there, you mentioned Murray State. Yeah. We went, uh, I went there uh, to a concert a few months, uh, well, no, a few years ago uh, for, I don't know if you've heard of the Gaithers. Gaithers yeah, Local I Band. have heard of them. It, that is a nice uh, I love that campus. campus. Did you see the shoe tree? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. There's a quad area, mm-hmm. right? And in that quad area, there's a tree that people that met there will nail their shoes. Each person. Uh. So they had to replace the tree because you know it's not a helpful tree. Yeah. yeah. All these nailed <laughs> shoes. So one of them burned down because lightning hit it. So Brenda and I, because that's where we met. I said, we've got to go back and nail our shoes to that tree. So this is, I don't know, it was a few years ago. So we went there, and I brought my favorite running shoes. Because I go, I'm going to put a special shoe up there, and you put your name on it. And Brenda goes, I'm going to go buy one at the shoe store. It's cheap. I'm not going to put my good shoe up there. Are you crazy? She goes, I'll wear it to there. And I go, whatever. So we nailed them up there and put our names on it. And I said, okay, now, when lightning hits that tree and it creates some mutant of a genetic monster, it's going to have some of my genes on it because I gave it a (laughs) well-worn shoe and it's not going to kill me. But you better look out. I'm just saying, I'll tell it not to bother you, but it's on you because you could have very well put your more expensive shoe on there. You know, that that is scripturally. I'm just thinking about Joshua 3 where they... The, they were in the wilderness, yeah, and and about how you had, uh, you know, that each tribe, each tribe put their stones, um, yeah, build up stones, and and go back and remember when when some right. when trials go, remember. I think oh, that's one of my favorite. Uh, it's powerful, isn't it? It is. It's true because. I forget. You're who, so right. I forget. I forget who said this, uh, but it was show me a man who doesn't know where he's going, and I'll show you a man who doesn't know where you've been. Yeah. And so if you don't, if you don't have that, you know, going back to yeah. to your campus or or putting stones or whatever it is, having that structure of this is what this is where I can go back to, mm-hmm. physically or or. Uh, metaphorically right but having that stone of going back is so important you're so correct I think so to those symbols to see it to be reminders because how soon we can forget mm-hmm. right of how things have went in our life you know we we're talking in class just a couple of weeks ago you know on Fridays I'll send out something I go you know I could I, it's countless times that I've asked what's wrong you know what's up I don't know how many times I ask what's right, what's going good. Mm. I said, let's challenge ourselves huh. to ask people what's right. So I saw Brenda right across the room. I go, Brenda, what's right? And she listed some things. I go, that's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, our brain already has a negativity bias. So on its own as an organ, all it does is try to keep us out of threats, keep us alive, make things better than what they can be by its standard. So it will point out everything wrong. I have to intentionally look at things that are right. And having those reminders, you know, God is a God of all generations. 
speaks to us today. That's what's so amazing to me about scriptures. You have a book, you have written accounts that have been around thousands of years, yet applied perfectly today with our level of technology that it did thousands of years ago. Isn't that wild? Mm. And speaks into our yeah. world today. Yeah. And there's, I don't know of any other book. Yeah. Has that ability to do that. Yeah. You know, this is a, this, uh, I know people get hung up on translations and all that, yeah. but, but one of my favorite, and I don't have it in front of me, but Matthew, all you Bible scholars out there were knowing, but it's, I'm terrible with that. I mean, I know the stories. <laughs> yeah, it's Matthew, I think it's Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 through the message. And it's, it goes something like, uh, are you tired? Are you run down? Burn on run religion. Uh, walk with me. Work with me. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And you know, Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it is. Having Gosh. that, just that unforced rhythms of grace just that word unforced yeah. just that word unforced it's, it's there it's give i heard someone the other day said we we have all been given the power we've all been given the freedom of of god all we need to do is receive it yeah. even the people yeah. This is what sat, this is what you know just burdened my heart when I heard it. Even the people who don't know who Jesus is, they have the gift. Yeah. All they need to do is receive it. They're children of God. Yeah. It it is. It does sadden you. Yeah. Because God look in its God looks at us and sees his children mm. and wants us to be free. And we can so easily get caught up in what we think, uh, you know, anytime my brain says should have, would have, could have, mm. or can't, I know it's a lie. It's, it's not true. But it's so quick to do that and to go back and say, oh, well, you should have done this, or you could have done that. But the reality is we live in this moment. The kingdom of God is here in this moment. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit's within us. God's presence is all around us. His fingerprints exist everywhere on this planet. And that grace is out. And grace, you know, I will often say, if I heard somebody talk to somebody else, the way words in my head talk to myself, I would be incensed and go stop talking to that person that way. Mm -hmm. Yet, from all past experiences, that critic will go crazy in my head and say horrible things. And I'll go, oh my gosh, this is so bad. That's not freedom. Right, that's in my head. It's in that kind of free knowledge we were talking about. Yeah. God says, "You're wonderfully made." Mm. So, any time I know I'm thinking something that's less than the standard of the truth of God, I know it's a lie. Yeah, it's not true. Yeah, forgetting the tapes of the past. Yeah, you know, there's a song that says, "I repent for moments yeah. I have spent for dwelling on the past. I will yeah. go on." The past I leave behind. He is strength and he is peace. He is strength and sweet release. I am his and I will go on. Amen. You right? Know, Amen. I mean, it's like but you it's go, easier said. Yeah. Because, because our brain's innocence yeah. telling us everything. Yeah. 
I know my mom would often say, she goes, John, I don't know how people can live without God. I just don't know how. This world is horrible. I, I just don't know how. And, you know, as I was sharing with you, she had such an amazing heart. I mean, nothing would faze her. She would meet everybody. I remember her sister died, and there's this friend of hers she knew, and she had to move stuff down. And she went across the street to ask him, and he comes to the door, he's got this miniskirt on, this blouse, he's dressed up. And she goes, can you help me move this stuff? He goes, oh, I'll help you. And she goes, well, not, you got your dress up clothes on, so <laughs> just wait till later when you have clothes on that you can do it. I mean, she didn't care. And she taught me the value that who we are as people, it's within us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not this outer thing. How many times does it say in scripture not to judge? Mm -hmm. I, that's yeah. God. Yeah. You know, God wants us to be free. He's not with his you know, ruler trying to smack us over the head. He sees his children bound by this thought of who they think that they are and they're trapped in, but they're not. You know, like you were saying, that grace and that love and acceptance is there. And it is good news. And sometimes it does seem too good to be true. Mm. You know, you go, well, that's not our standard. Of course it isn't. Yeah. We're human beings. Yeah. And as human beings, we can do amazing things. We can do dark, horrible things. Uh, we had a pastor, and he would always start out with, he'd go, good morning, horrible sinners. And everybody would go, good morning. And then he'd go, good morning, saints. And everybody would go, good morning. He goes, Never forget, we're a hospital. Uh, we're as messed up as everybody. Absolutely. Of course you're going to find hypocrites. Because we're messed up. We're human beings. Yeah. That's going to happen. Absolutely. Uh, but we've got to realize that. Mm. That I am as susceptible to anything else as other people. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where, you know, it doesn't make sense how we lose it. Because God says it so plainly mm. in Scripture. But then again, you know, we're all humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how do we, as people, um, I know, you know, you being on a campus, mm -hmm. and how do you, um, how do you relate, how do you put the gospel, because I don't know how it is in a college campus, but I know on, uh, with, well, I take yeah. that back, because I know I know a few professors that have they have no problem with mm -hmm. with uh, putting their opinions out there. But how do you how do you uh, let's see how do I phrase this? Not I guess walk out, but not not walk out. But how do you exemplify Jesus in in the classroom? Well, one I know boundaries, mm -hmm. right? And when I am teaching, I am teaching psychology. Uh, in clinical work, when I worked at a lot of places around here in Lexington, I knew I was meeting people, meet them as they are, I'm meet them where they're at, and try to see the world through their eyes, mm -hmm. you know, to see what they need. So there's a boundary that I'm teaching the science of psychology, but I'm going to be true mm -hmm. to who I am and who God created me to be. Now, if you come to my office, Right, it's kind of a different ball game. We start yeah. talking about things because I have a lot of visual reminders in my office. I, you know, I have a lot of stuff here that I use that I see that reminds me of who I am in the kingdom, and I have stuff in my office because it's easy to get overwhelmed by your brain. <laughs> you 
you know, to be hacked by, oh yeah. my gosh, this is never going to work. Yeah. That's not true. God's got this. God is bigger than anything, right? So to keep me there, I have a lot of symbols in my office. So I've been blessed. I know the Holy Spirit's working. Mm. That I've had many people that over the years came in, talked about spirituality. I've even had people, you know, in in secular places in therapy that say, "Hey, you know, our session's over. Do you have time? Let's, I'd like to talk about how it used to get. Of course, I got time. Mm. Right? All the time I got. I mean, yeah. tons of time. Because God is working, mm. right? And the main thing is, I just want to be the best version." of who God created me to be and not put pressure, just be naturally who we are because mm-hmm. things come up naturally. It's not like you have to coerce things to yeah. come up or set up things to come up. It's just being who you normally are. Yeah. And God provides those holy moments because every place is holy ground. I mean, that prayer without ceasing, I pray all day. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to class, I go, God, let me be true to you, yeah. to, to who I am, you know, to let people know how valuable they are and that their voice matters. And it has nothing to do with status. It has nothing to do with finances. It has nothing to do with what beliefs they have. It's within them Mm -hmm. because you created them. Mm -hmm. And God creates moments as you just go in your day-to-day life. I've never seen really a separation in it. Mm -hmm. As long as you're who you are, and I keep to, you know, what my purpose is of teaching psychology. You're going to see God in psychology because yeah. you can look at all those theories and see it in Scripture. Yeah. You know, it's I get confused when people don't see it. Mm. That's where I go, well, I don't understand how you cannot see accepting others where they're at. Yeah. Because yeah. God's all over. <laughs> I mean... Jesus had that Pharisee right in front of him, and you know when they crucified people, you were near eye level, yeah. weren't super high up, and that Pharisee was saying, "Yeah, if you're Jesus, you get off that cross." He could have, mm. he could have. See, I'm, in my 13 year old self, if I was in that position, all of a sudden that Pharisee would find himself on that cross, and yeah. I'd be looking, "What do you think now?" Yeah, and of course I could. But Jesus didn't do that. Yeah. Jesus said, forgive them, Father. Mm. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. That's the God we have. Mm-hmm. That's how much he loves us. Yeah. And it's hard for me to wrap my brain around mm. that at times, but I realize because it's my brain and mm. our life on this world, but that's a powerful, unending love. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And to... to wow. Your, to... to well, I, and also, it's in, we're going uh, through at our Bible study uh, on uh, CSF. They talk. Um, we're going through the uh, I guess Hall of Fame, I think, of faith, and we're going through the Old Testament. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but yeah. but the Old Testament can be very, very different. I mean, it, oh, it's very different, very right? Different. There's things that happen that yeah. you go. Yeah, how, why, and how can this happen? But, you know, we were talking, yesterday we were talking about uh, Joshua 3. It was um, Rahab. Love the story of Rahab because she made the lineage of Jesus. Yeah. She, she is in the unfolding. And I think, I think it is amazing that, that we can sort of look at, 
at the Old Testament as... And you see God's truth. Yes. Throughout. Red line. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you know, I remember, you know, Daniel, he's a philosopher, right? So mm-hmm. we would talk about things. And we were, you know, Brenda having a degree in theology and me psychology, him into philosophy. It was just fun oh, to talk yeah. about so much stuff. And one night he goes, well, why do you believe in God? But don't use feelings. Don't use relational language. Use why you think God is true. And I said, well, we thought, God is a truth speaker. What God has spoken is reality. And it's been truth all beyond. There's things I don't know. You know, I read through the whole Old Testament and God saying, destroy that whole village, mm-hmm. babies, kids, everybody. Wipe it out. I can't wrap that around my brain. I don't even know what death means. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means. But the things I do know are very powerful, and that is that God loves his children, and mm-hmm. he's been calling us back since day one, yeah. and wants us to be restored with him. That's all his children. Yeah. And I don't know. Like when my mom, like when my father died, I wasn't there. You know, she was alone with him. We just were called, we went, we went to uh, this, they had to grab a lot where their ER was. She had locked herself in the ambulance because he had already died on site, and she came out screaming. And then I just saw a gurney being taken in, right? When she died, she, at first, she went to a nursing home because she said, well, turn off this defibrillator. She was, you know, in her 80s. And she goes, God's ready for me. I'm ready to go. So for about a day and a half, she was just out. And we were thinking, okay, this is it. So we're planning to go up because she was in St. Louis at the time. And then she came out of it, out of the blue. And my sister was there, my oldest sister, she lived with. And she looked at her and and literally says this to her, Joyce, I bet you thought I was going to die. That was it, didn't you? And she goes, yeah. She goes, well, I did too. But Jesus said, not yet. I want a hamburger. So she got a hamburger and it sends me chills to think about it. So then Joyce goes, was Jesus here? She goes, well, of course he is. She goes, well, am I sitting on him? She goes, that's absurd. He's standing right there. Mm. So then she went in a coma again and we all got up there. We sang hymns and prayed and it just hit me. I go, I, I, she is seeing things. Mm. And experiencing things that I can't see. It's right here. Mm-hmm. It's in this room. Mm-hmm. And she went peacefully. And I told Brenda, I said, you know, I've been afraid of death forever. Because before my dad died, I asked him about death. I go, what is this death thing? And I asked my mom that. She goes, well, go ask your dad. <laughs> and he was shaving. And he is, he is the most relaxed, easygoing person in the world. Love people as well. And he goes, I'll die long before you do. And then he died, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was always going, oh my gosh. And I said, you know, here my mama is still teaching me mm-hmm. that this is not the end. This is not a horrific thing. Mm-hmm. And that there's joy mm-hmm. that's within it. Because this body is not us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to a lot of funerals because my dad had 13 brothers and sisters who were all older, right? And the body didn't look the same without the person in it. Mm. Uh, so it's definite, you know, it's just the remains, as they call it. It's the dust. 
that is left. That spirit who you are is not in that body mm -hmm. anymore. And I think God speaks through everything. Mm -hmm. And good, bad experiences, you know, and it says in Scripture God uses all things to bring people closer to Him. I've never seen in Scripture where it said you win the lottery if you accept God and you'll be a billionaire and life is easy. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know the truth of the reality of what life is. Mm. But that doesn't mean I'm going to have tons of money, tons yeah. of fame. But I'll have an inner peace that beats any of that. Because I've known, you know, I grew up with Michael Jackson singing. I loved his records, his ability to dance. He was very rich and famous. But he didn't seem too happy. You know, money's not going to get that for you. Yeah. And status, it's, it's within you. And it's like you were saying, it's already there. Because mm. God has created that in you. Yeah. I heard this, I know I keep saying quotes, but my, but I just, I love quotes. And, yeah, but well, I do too. Another quote that, that sort of is tying what you have been saying and what we've been saying, but uh, it's by Gloria Gaither. And if you... If you uh, ran across, she doesn't have books, but videos. If you, that woman is so smart. Yeah. But she talks about how the line between the veil between heaven and earth is very thin. Yeah. And so what we do now is going to affect eternity. Heaven can start here by the choices we make, and hell can start here right. by the choices we make. And so what are we doing? What are we doing with each? What are we doing each day? Whether that be uh, cooking kids, cooking, <laughs> cooking breakfast, cooking kids, I can get that feeling sometimes. A, yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit different. But cooking breakfast for the kids. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, mowing the lawn. I mean, just simple stuff. What the ordinary stuff. What we do is going to have a significant impact. Yeah. In the, in, in the kingdom of God. It is, you know, uh, N.T. Wright is another good theologian, and he said, God came to earth. Mm. His kingdom is here. Mm. And when you read in scripture, you know, the gates of hell will not withstand, it's because that offense is there. Satan's lost, mm. right? God has won. And it's part of living that reality in and every moment and everybody we meet and that's you know it's not a a rule book you know scripture isn't this thing that you do a b and c yeah no you it's a life it's mm -hmm. a philosophy you know it's seeing the value in people mm -hmm. right it's living that value out and it doesn't make a difference you know if you're washing dishes from on the lawn or doing brain surgery mm -hmm. all of that is an expression of God, mm -hmm. right? It's it's a whole thing, not a not a part thing. Yeah. And we're all equal. You know, there's not one person greater and there's not one person less. I've always kind of kept a puzzle because I picture community as a puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had one in my office and then finally I'm terrible at doing puzzles. Mm -hmm. right? I'm just horrible <laughs> at it. My attention span's not long enough. So and Brenda's isn't either. So we got this I think it was a 700-piece puzzle that stood down there for, I think, months. So then we got a 500-piece puzzle, and finally I got a 250-piece puzzle that we got done. And I'll move a piece from it. And no matter where you move that piece, 
everybody notices, oh, there's peace missing. It could be a corner piece. It could be the centerpiece. And that's us. Mm. We're the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's every one of us. There's not one piece more important than the other, yeah. and we can't do without mm. any one of them because that picture is never complete. And that's also true of our community. You know, yeah. every person belongs. Yeah. Every bird, every person has a stake, right? Mm-hmm. We can do it. Yeah. But it's so easy to forget that. Oh, absolutely. You mentioned hymns. Yeah. That, 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 uh, that, the, that's one of my favorite things. Because a lot of deep, yeah, s- spiritual uh, meaning, a lot of... And the roots, Psalms, right? Yeah, Psalms. And, but, um, does your church, I'm interested, because I, I love, does your church do a mixture of hymns or more? We've done that here of late. We're actually getting a new worship leader. Oh. And she's going to be joining us. She's going to come for a couple of weeks. She's finishing up where she's at for a couple of weeks. Then she's going to come to church for a couple of weeks just to participate and worship with us. And I love people that have that gift of worship and I think you can do hymns in different ways Uh, you can do them with different beats I've always loved music my again my mom's a great teacher she would listen to contemporary Christian music and rock out as she came here to visit (laughs) us you know for the four hour trip from Paducah to here because she loved it she didn't care if it's a classic hymn yeah because music is speaks so much to the soul I mean it just I mean, I'll, when I'm home alone, and Lexi, I will sing a prayer. I'll just sing out loud because it's, it's just so powerful. Yeah. And that part of service is electrifying. Mm-hmm. So I think you can do classic hymns. You can update hymns. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the centerpiece, it's God's love. Yes. Um, uh, we just... We've been back. I said our church has been back for prob probably a year now. I think, um, but uh, we were online and that was good. Yeah, I loved online. Um, and uh, when we came back, I'm I'm on the worship team at church, and uh, there's one song that. It's, I don't know if you, goodness of God, the, all my life you have been faithful, all what my life you have been we've... so, so good with every breath that I am able. It's not a hymn, but it's a worship song. Yeah. And you would not believe, I, we have in-ears, uh-huh. and I can hear the congregation sing. The, it through even even with in ears, and I'm thinking, yeah. yes, thank We're worshiping goodness. together. Yes, and I'm oh, I isn't love that powerful? That. Oh yes, that and I'm so glad exciting. to be back. I uh, I think um, there's a, there's a lot of good with with online. We've actually we've kept doing the online yeah. presence at the same time, and it's interesting because again, God uses everything. There's yeah. been people that we've met. That we never met, yeah, coming, but through online have a cam. And now it's talking to Brenda said maybe we should start kind of a beginning group just online to eventually move where maybe come in person. Yeah, because I didn't even realize there was such a need there for that. 
And I thought, wow, God is so powerful. I mean, everything is used. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that crazy? And I used to, I would sing here at home, you know, while our worship band did. It was just so great. Then I started going to the park. Um, and, you know, my gift is drums, not singing. I, it's because I don't recognize notes. I never had to learn notes because I would just learn the beat. Yeah. So I wouldn't sing as loud at the park as I would here in the house. But, yeah, I would still sing. Yeah. Because you go, man. What an atmosphere. We... We done. We've done church in the park. We try to do that every year. It is such. It is such a great atmosphere. It is because we. Uh, because you very relaxed. Mm-hmm. I've seen people in stuff I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen them wear. Because on Sunday morning you wear, you mm-hmm. wear suit and tie. See now at our church, I would go like this. Really, <laughs> I'll go in as. Uh. I had a, and so I have friends that are schizophrenic, right? Yeah. I had a, a real good friend. He passed away in a hospital, and he started going to our church, right? And he would just, you know, maybe forget to bathe, right? And would wear anything. And I, I went to him and go, yeah, you need to be here. We're here yeah. for what's in you and how amazing you are. And some dress up, right? Yeah. And then some don't. I go, yeah, just, just be. Yeah. We're we're a mixture. I'm just talking yeah. about those people. Yeah. But if I wore a suit, my mom would always say, "You won't even wear a suit to your funeral." There <laughs> <laughs> go. So when we had her funeral, I wore a suit for her. I go, I'm wearing it for you, but I'm not to mine. It's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, now yeah. my dad though would dress up all the time. He would wear a suit. And he'd go feed the cows. In his suit, he goes, well, they need to see somebody dressed up like everybody else does. Yeah. I will say, during so since, funny. since COVID, uh, and during COVID, I would, in the realm of the house, I would wear this. Yeah. And and even out after COVID, this is this is what I wear. Yeah. Because I, cause it's so good to see people out. And, it is. So and I, oh and I, so I would, I wear this. And people, I go to, uh, I go different places where young people is, and I'd say they'd say, "Oh, you're dressed up." I said, "Well, bless your heart, but this is casual to <laughs> yeah. me." Yeah. But, oh, that's funny. But having that, I think I think it's good to wear stuff to have yeah. different people, right? Because because my style is, will not probably right. Be, is yours. You need that, and but, I like. Well, see, like that's how I normally. When I teach yeah. a live class, you'd see me dress like you are. Yeah. You know, just in khaki kind of clothes, maybe a sweater, button-up shirt. Uh, it's interesting. Daniel shared some of his lectures. He He's at uh, Cal Poly, and he's in a suit, right? And I, my friend goes, Kelly Hagan, I don't know if you know her. She also teaches psychology. I said, look at him. And she goes... He's so dressed up. Let me send him a picture of you. I go, no, because he looks like what you would yeah. really think of a professor. You know, the little patches uh-huh. on his suit coat. Yeah. Like <laughs> so it skipped me from my dad. It went right to him. But the interesting thing, if you look at him, his face, and you can see it, he looks exactly like my dad. Hmm. I mean, at age 14, you cannot tell a difference between their pictures. Hmm. And when we went to my mom's funeral, you know, my dad was from Possum Trot, and that's where my mom was buried. Some of my cousins on that side of the family just cried. They go, oh my gosh, 
that's your dad. That's Henry Irvin. And I go, thanks, God. That's, mm. that's a blessing. Because, yeah. you know, I was eight when my father died. So I don't have a lot of those memories. And I don't have that ability to visualize things. So I can't picture my mom or picture my dad. I mean, I dream normally, but I can't conjure an image up. So I go, that's a gift. Mm -hmm. Thanks, God, for that. Yeah. I can see my father in my son. Yeah. That is way too cool. He's got it, my dad's sense of humor just real dry. Uh, He's a good one. Oh, that, uh, that sense of humor is, I love that sense of humor. Yeah. Because, because um, um, it's so, f it's fast. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, it's so good. There's this one lady at our church and oh, she's fast and she, uh, she would go like, she, um, my dad said, hey, Phyllis, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, well, uh, trouble just seems to follow me everywhere I go. And she'd say, well, tell Joseph not to follow you. Just, <laughs> just and, and very, oh, very straight. Oh, so funny. Very, just like matter of fact. Yeah, just, well, just tell Joseph not to follow you. And, and so, oh, that's great. <laughs> See, I was also blessed. I had three older sisters, right? Uh, this is a shout out to them. <laughs> Whoever thinks women aren't smart or tough never met my sisters, yeah. right? They would outsmart me all the time. They would, you know, do something and I'd retaliate. I would get caught and they'd be outside just waving at me. Going, <laughs> yeah, gosh, this is horrible. <laughs> I would never beat them in a fight. But the most amazing thing, if anybody ever messed with me, oh, oh they're in trouble. And they still do that. They're still tough, right? I mean, they look out for you, so it was really, uh, it was a blessing. You mm -hmm. know, when you think of the relational part of life, that's what counts the most. Yeah. And uh, I have this friend who's a pastor at our church for a while, and he would always comment, you know, on somebody's deathbed, they never asked me to run home and get their portfolio or run home and get their savings account or their trophies. They said, where's my daughter or son or wife mm -hmm. it's relationships mm -hmm. that are the deepest most enriched part of our lives not what we can easily get caught up in because again we're in a consumeristic society that pushes us yeah. to be aware of these things that we need to have and even though we just bought one of those things we had to get the new thing mm -hmm. because we need to throw the old one away yeah because <laughs> they made more yeah uh, we're I say we me we're on this new, uh, this November, uh, we're doing, this will be aired in November, and we're uh, doing this thing called uh, 30 Days of Being Grateful. Mm -hmm. and, and having that, having that uh, just every day, uh, I'm gonna start, yeah. I'm, I'll be doing some, but bringing in guests, we'll have, I mean, real, same interview, but, mm -hmm. but, uh, What's something or two things uh, that you're grateful for? Oh my gosh, I'm grateful for the grace you were mentioning earlier. It's Again, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around it. And when I remind myself of that depth and acceptance that exists, I go, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. that just for me, just who I already am. It's not earned, can never be lost. Can't get more of it because I already got it in abundance, right? And I'm grateful for relationships in my life. That I've collected a lot of wisdom 
from other people. And it's not, wisdom's not age dependent. Mm -hmm. I met very young people wise. I met some very old people not so wise, right? <laughs> so I've gotten a lot across the board from a, a lot of the relationships I've had over life. And I'm very grateful for that because mm -hmm. they've helped tremendously to help me have a frame of reference to go, wow, yeah, I can see this and now I can kind of understand that. Yeah. You know, not making you can't make sense out of nonsense. Mm. I learned that from something. I said, "That's really true." Mm. Our brain will want to, but it doesn't make sense. You know, and there's things that happen in this world that we try to go, and you'll see news do that. You know, like in a mass shooting, they go, "We don't know why they did this." Well, there is no why. Mm. You cannot give me an explanation that would explain. And I go, "Oh, well, that's why they did it." No, mm. but we try to do that, and that's been a tremendous thing to let go of things to mm -hmm. go yeah there is no logic here mm -hmm. you don't know that person did that because of this belief that they had you don't know what that belief is and it's how they were in the world and you just go yeah I can't go there so I'm very grateful for those relationships grateful for my mom and dad uh, even though I had you know my share of trauma in life I'm grateful to a God that's used that to bring me closer to Him mm. and to an understanding of who I am. Mm. You know, I, would I be the same person? I'd rather not my father die. I would rather to have them both, my mom and dad, be alive now. Mm. I mean, they're amazing, fun people. But I know whose they are and I know where they are. Yeah. And I know God used that to grow me closer to Him. That's good. Thank you so much oh, for your time. Thank you. Please come back on the show. Oh, anytime. Please uh, thank you back. for everybody tolerating my little dog. <laughs> that now will probably... I remember one time, actually, we were in Kroger in Louisville, and we just moved back to Kentucky, and they had cookies that were free to kids, right, at the bakery. When you went in, you went right by that bakery. Well, you know, I'm a trained psychologist. I work with adolescents and stuff. Brendan and I go in there, we're shopping first. Daniel's like three. And of course, he points those cookies. And I go, I'll get you a cookie. It's free. So I give it to him. He inhales it. We're halfway down the thing. And what's he going to ask for? Get another cookie. I go, sure. <laughs> They're free. About 10 cookies later, I'm going, oh my gosh, we're going to go into a diabetic coma. <laughs> and Brendan goes, you know, they're going to start charging you for those. I go, Oh my God, can we undo this? And that's why I've been with her with these treats. Here you go. Here, here eat this handful of treats. Oh. Yeah, Brenda's going to pay for that. Oh my gosh. But thank you, and thanks for what you're doing. It's amazing. It's, oh, it is great. Oh, well, thank you. It's a blessing. Oh, it I is. love your blog. It's, it's so a joy to hear. Oh, well, thank you. And, uh, and uh, thank you so much for this.